0: Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. We're off to review a movie, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. Yes, hello, good people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where, well, you know what we do. We review a movie by asking 20 and wonderful questions about it. I am your host, Sam Hurley, and oh my God, someone's been coaxed out of retirement. Stacy, how the fuck are you, Stacey?
1: I'm super excited to be here. Why?
0: Why are Even you excited to so. be here?
1: Probably because this is my favourite movie of all time.
0: It's amazing because when we started this podcast, me, you and Spanky decided, let's just not do our favourite movies of all time because if someone says something negative about them, we'll probably get into a fist fight and start strangling the fuck out of each other. <laughs> and we were like, let's never do it. Let's never do it. And yet we, we did Pulp Fiction with Spanky, which mm. you were very generous on and gave it a very positive mm. review, even though I know you hate that movie because me and Spanky talk the whole time and quote every single word of it. Yes. But you were still quite nice to him. But. Oh, we had a change of mind. We a change of heart, really, because a certain somebody out there that we wanted to get back on the show, suck at Jules, We wanted to get Brad back, and Brad suggested there was of was. Welcome, Brad. First of all, sorry. Welcome, Brad. How are you?
2: Hello, Sam and Stacey. It is good to return to what we have. Whatever this is, what are we doing? Hi, hello. <laughs>
0: Cheers, Brad. Yeah, um, it's amazing you've managed to coax like Stacy out of retirement. You've picked an awesome film. What was going through your mind? What made you suggest this film, Brad?
2: Um, I was looking through your back catalogue of film, of films, of episodes about films, and I was kind of scrolling through because there's a lot. And I, th- I thought, I wonder if there's a Wizard of Oz one because it's my all-time favorite movie as well um <laughs> It's very, very, very uh, special wicked. to me, and so yeah, I just reached instead of like painstakingly scrolling and being like, "Nope, that's not it, that's not it," and I thought I'd just ask, and then Sam replied within minutes. I think of like, "Holy shit, we
0: were just talking about doing this, so we'll do it, and you're on it." So
2: yay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how dreams get made. So yeah, basically, me and Stacey we were talking about this because this is Stacey's favorite film. It's Stacey's birthday yesterday, mm-hmm. so this is a doubly like special episode. Yeah, here we are.
1: Finally, a movie that I didn't have to be convinced to watch. I willingly watched this movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) True. That's a good point. One of us had to get forced to watch this. Uh,
1: Anyway, I'm giving away too much. Yes. What we do
0: obviously now, a new rule that we've sort of implemented is that we do a plot of the film. However, it has to be the person that's watched it the most recently. So Brad, when did you watch this? Couple of months ago now. Okay. Stacy oh, watched damn. it last night. So Stacy, you have to give the plot since you're the person that's watched it the most recently.
1: Hit us. For people who have not seen or heard of The Wizard of Oz, it <laughs> Why are you laughing? Like those
0: people exist. Like, like well, who just hasn't in heard case. of the Wizard of Oz.
1: Just in case. Just to refresh.
0: If you've just come out of a hundred year coma, first of all, congratulations. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so this is the tale of Dorothy who um gets Blown away to the wonderful world of Oz. And she goes on an adventure with her and picks up some friends along the way. The um, uh, scarecrow, tin man and lion. And they're all heading off to the Emerald City to get their heart's desire from the wonderful Wizard of Oz. Being chased by the Wicked Witch of the West. And hilarity ensues.
0: You see why now, given the plot, it's so fear-inducing. I know, I hate it.
1: I'm like, oh, yeah, I hate it. It's a
0: horrible, horrible rule. Uh, I should have prepared. (laughs) Yeah, a couple of little sort of, um, I don't know, pertinent technical information about the film. It was released on the 25th of August in 1939. Main director was Victor Fleming. However, there were five other directors who were uncredited on this film. It was based on a novel by Al Frank Baum, and there was three credited writers for the screenplay. And fifteen uncredited writers had a three million dollar budget, and it took a million dollars worldwide. So it was mm. a box office flop. It only sort of hit success about ten years after it was released, and has obviously become the classic that is today. Of course, starring Judy Garland as Dorothy, Frank Morgan as Professor Marvel, Wizard of Oz Gatekeeper, Gatekeeper, uh, the carriage driver, and the guard. Ray Bolger as Hunk slash Scarecrow, Brett Lahr as Zeke slash Cowardly Lion. Jack Haley as Hickory slash the Tin Man, Billy Burke as Glinda, and Margaret Hamilton as both villains, being Miss Gulch and the Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the plot. That's the technical information. Yep. So what do we do on this podcast? Well, we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move into three personal questions each. And what we used to do is we used to do schools for this film... And then basically give our scores, but we're going to try something different this week. We are going to give our first question, which is compliment sandwich, and then follow that with our scores. So yeah, I mean, first of all, the scores: IMDb eight out of ten, Rotten Tomatoes ninety-eight percent, Metacritic sixty-eight percent, kind of universally beloved. But Ginger Princess, given it's your birthday, given you're the first up to talk about this film, <laughs> why don't why don't you give us why don't you give us your compliment sandwich and then your score out of ten thousand?
1: Okay, so. Wow, this is hard to narrow it down to only two good things. Um, it's an engaging story. It's fun. There's lots of elements to it. It's it's easy to understand for kids, but also um, engaging watching it as an adult. So well written, all those 13, 15 uncredited writers <laughs> and however many screenwriters. Good job, team. My bad thing is... Watching this with Sam, I couldn't, <laughs> what the fuck? I couldn't think of a bad thing about the movie, but watching this with Sam, he just kept complaining about all the musical parts and the dancing and the songs. I'm like, that's the entire movie. So shut up, Sam. <laughs> My final good thing is the costumes, here and makeup and all the design of that side of things. Is beautiful and it would it stands up today. It's as good a quality as we would see in this kind of movie, I think. So phenomenal.
0: And what about a score out of 10,000 Yellow Bricks?
1: It's easily 10,000. Holy shit. Perfect score. I never
0: thought I'd hear the day that you give something such a high score. I think the highest other movie you've ever given like a really high score to is like The Room.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> no, hunt for the world of people.
0: Oh yeah, hunt for the world of people uh what about you brad why don't you hit us with your compliment sandwich and then you'll score our ten thousand yellow bricks
2: okay uh yeah spoiler alert i'm also giving a perfect score to this film because <laughs> holy it's, shit normally you know with films a lot of people you know when they're asked like oh what's your favorite movie of all time they're like oh well it's hard to say i've got like maybe five or six that i like this th- this is the easiest question in the world for me to answer it's the wizard of oz followed probably by uh captain america 2 the winter soldier
0: uh, yes quite. <laughs> i'm getting you back on that episode brad i love that movie it's quite a
2: uh quite a um diverse pairing compliment sandwich um uh, yeah i i love just the overall campiness it, of the whole film it's just impossible to watch without smiling uh i, I mean apparently unless you're sam um <laughs> according to what i just heard
1: no he still um, smiled he complained and smiled <laughs>
2: Uh, something I don't like is I, I, I think it and this I have this complaint with a lot of films is I think they've they terribly portrayed the passage of time. The whole movie feels like it takes place over just like a few hours but in world it like it's got to be at least weeks like they travel yeah. to lots of places and Dorothy goes a long long way, but it all kind of they it all kind of feels like it happens all in one afternoon um which is yeah it pisses me off a little bit because you're watching and it because do- it because it, it means that the whole thing of her longing to get home her whole like quest of like i i just miss my home and i want to get back to kansas it loses a lot of weight like it gets seriously undermined by the fact that the whole movie feels like it's, it's like you you were barely away from canvas like from canvas mm. from from uh, her secret love of painting um <laughs> from kansas <laughs> And yeah, that, that's a complaint that I have. But a, a lot of films do that; they just don't show the passage of time properly. And another thing I love is the Three Stooges moment in the Vinkus, which is the West, uh, when the Tin Man, Scarecrow, and Lion get jumped by guards, uh, and they have that—that that what's now <laughs> oh, a yes. like what's now like a really overdone trope, but back then was probably quite new and innovative of like of the we're stealing your clothes fight. Um, which is just—it's just fun <laughs> and silly, and it's just a wonderful
0: moment. It is, yeah. Very good points.
1: Hit us, Sam. Are you giving this a compliment sandwich? I am. I am. You're Don't worry, our marriage is saved. I'm definitely
0: giving this a compliment yes, sandwich. You weren't, <laughs> although I do know how you feel now when I force you to watch Marvel movies. I do. I do understand.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> First, good thing—I'm surprised you guys haven't mentioned them. But Margaret Hamilton is the Wicked Witch of the West. Holy shit! What a performance. Mm garland as well i mean yeah obviously having the praise leveraged upon both of those actresses for their works in this absolutely makes sense but like i've also got to say the acting skills of the lion the tin man and the scarecrow and even the wizard actor who plays five roles like sure it's like it's a level of cheesiness a level of hammy acting but it's they walk a really fine line when they do that they don't overplay it too much to the point that you're like oh shut up i mean like it's it's easy to do it in a fantasy setting or if you're in a Nicolas cage film but like to have it have it in this and just walk a perfect line it's really good and uh bad thing yeah I'm not a fan of musicals you know this everyone knows this everyone knows I'm not a fan of musicals it's just one of my things that I don't know it's just not for me and it's one of those things where if you're not a fan of musicals and this kind of doesn't really hit you off the bat that it's a musical like for somebody who's not that familiar with it it's not till about 15-20 minutes in that they start singing right
1: hmm yeah, she has her solo in the, in oh, the yeah. farm, Ships but yeah, them. it's not it's not major.
0: Well, the the thing I've got to say in terms of a counterpoint to that is, while I don't like musicals, I actually really appreciate how well they're employed during this film. Mm. They like these songs have become such staples of pop culture that even for me, and <laughs> this is going to come as a massive shock to everyone out there that is like realizes that I'm the film nerd of this like pairing. I'd never seen this film before mm. last night. Was the first time I'd seen The Wizard of Oz. <laughs>
1: Brad's eyes are <laughs> popping out of his head right now.
2: <laughs> my my kids, my youngest is she turns three next week. She loves this movie. Like even my yeah. my kids have seen this movie in the dozens of times already. So the fact that you, I'm hearing a grown <laughs> human being tell me they've never seen this movie until a few days ago, yeah. <laughs> you just you just murdered me, Sam.
1: And but I'm but proud. you know but yeah but you know what's what's great as we were watching it is he was said probably a dozen times oh that's where that comes from you yeah, know yeah, yeah, that yeah, trope yeah, yeah. or that yeah. line or that song or that quote you know
0: there was like a lot of songs that I didn't realise were from this film I mean like over the rainbow realised that and, you know we're off to see the wizard and follow the Electric road all that sort of stuff but like lollipop land a couple mm. of those like low level bangers they had no idea that they were from this film. Now you do. Uh, As a score out of ten thousand, I am going to. Well, I joked all day with Stacey about how I'm going to give it somewhere between five to six thousand, but it's not. It's about eight thousand twelve yellow bricks. This is wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I reckon IMDb's onto it. This I can see why this is a classic film, and just thought it was a really good film. So there you go, guys. I don't get kicked out of this podcast.
1: Yeah, just.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that moves us over to question number two. What is it, this Stacey?
1: Uh, What character is addicted to engaging in a bit of petty crime? And what crime?
0: What do you got, Brad?
2: Um, Well, this is one that I I had a little bit of trouble with. And then I remembered the kid from, or the main kid, the the front runner from the lollipop guild in (laughs) Munchkinland. And when they sign off, they do this whole like swinging a baseball bat celebratory action. And it just, I thought, well, that kid definitely partakes in like petty vandalism and destruction like swinging baseball bats (laughs) into like car into like car windows and stuff like that 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 (laughs) kid that that kid's trouble like actually the whole lollipop guild probably steals candy from babies like that's probably what they do
0: (laughs) that probably is the moa
1: Mm, yes
0: uh my answer is the tin man is known for breaking into people's sheds and stealing oil cans we've all seen the price of petrol (laughs) was <laughs> how oil, how fucking expensive oil is. But not only that, not only is it like a little bit of kleptomania or whatever, I reckon he's carrying that axe with him wherever he goes. So, of course, one like the one or two times that people catch him doing it, it's like aggravated assault. He turns around and he's like, get the fuck out of here. I need this oil, goddammit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's heartless, so he doesn't care. Yeah, point. exactly. That fucker is cold <laughs> as ice. He is cold as ice. He don't give a shit. Mm.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, absolutely. I also went with one of the main characters. I went with the lion. He's just handing out death threats to everyone scurrying around in the forest. He's sc- scaring people. He's It's like minor assault and harassment. He's definitely harassing people. He's just a menace to the forest at this point.
0: <laughs> Given he's so cowardly, you could imagine him as an online troll, couldn't you? Just sending out death threats. Come down the forest, yeah? I'll fuck you up, Yeah. <laughs> What did you do that for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's question number three there, Brad? What deep philosophical debate arose
2: in you during this film?
0: So I had a couple. Uh, the first of which is, like, despite not having ever fully seen this film or remember seeing this film, I knew everything about the making of this film. I, yes, as you did. I was did. talking to you about I knew so much trivia about it. And so that sort of got me wondering about whether the reputation of this film would be a little bit tarnished or improved if we knew the history of this film. So if we got like a making of this film, similar to like Ed Wood or recently The Disaster Artist, and you know, like discussing, like I said at the start, that they went through 14 different writers and five different directors, uh, the original Tin Man got poisoned and eventually got replaced after he was hospitalized, the Wicked Witch of the West got caught on fire and basically had scars and burns all over her hands, which meant that she had to wear gloves for the rest of the film. Uh, the scarecrow's face left like because of the prosthetics actually left an imprint on his face that was there for about a year uh the second tin man got an eye infection from the aluminum paste that they basically patented on him uh <laughs> there was heaps and uh the other thing too is like you know the scene where it starts snowing and that sort of calms down the effects of the poppies or whatever asbestos that was asbestos that they were raining on those people
1: down yeah. while they were
0: filming yeah. and of course the scarecrow goes on to die of cancer i mean it's like Okay, okay, I've, I've said all the negatives, but here's some of the positives. A lot of those actors, a lot of the munchkins were actually a European troop that fled uh, Europe to escape like Nazi prosecution. So a lot of those guys, a lot of the munchkins that are in this film actually avoided being exterminated in Holocaust camps. So yeah, mm. crazy. I don't mean to bring down the tone of the podcast, but yeah, there you go.
1: That actually leads really nicely into my philosophical debate because I was wondering, would we stand for that kind of uh, situation? behind the scenes.
0: <laughs> these oh, days. This movie would have been scrapped
1: a long yeah, time ago under in yeah. health and safety yeah. rules. Yeah. yeah. How much were these actors paid?
0: Uh, Toto enough. the dog <laughs> was paid $125 a week and the munchkins were paid $50 each per week. So Toto the dog got paid more than the munchkins.
1: Go Toto. He is a main <laughs> is character. L- he is a main plot device also. He's very helpful to That's the true. story. That's a good point. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Anywho. <laughs> gone full bad? trivia nerd on that one. <laughs> Mine is
2: actually to do with the plot of the film. So one of us had to be on task. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's not so much a philosophical debate. It's more ruminating over the nature of like putting the needs of the few over the needs of the many. Because Dorothy's quest to get home, in doing so, like she alters the lives of like the three main companions completely. She murders one witch on purpose and one by accident um she she removes the emerald city's leader who then has to take her home in his balloon like she completely turns this entire world upside down just because you know this kansas farm girl is lost and to me that is insane that is absolutely bonkers like she ruined that world whatever the status quo was before like she's made a whole new world and changed things irreparably
0: i absolutely love you because that was one of my debates was partially into that was because when she gets the scarecrow and then she's like come on a voyage for me i was watching the film going okay well their crop is now completely ruined like she's <laughs> that scarecrow has just left
1: it was the ruined crop. before the scarecrow yeah, okay, wasn't it. scaring yeah. crows
0: yeah but no but like i, I thought to myself well wow, this girl is just straight meddling in like other people's affairs and completely ruining yes. their existence This broad is meddling, see?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) But yeah, you've taken us to the next level. Well done, Brad. Hey, appreciate it. Hey, guys.
1: I mean, I appreciate that that's your um, debate. However, guys, it's a dream. And she's the main character. You can dream whatever the fuck you want. It's a dream? (laughs) Yeah, spoiler alert. Oh, I
0: shouldn't have gone to the toilet at the end. God damn it. But but you were there. I can can forgive that. (laughs) Fair enough, Stacey. Well done. Uh, that takes us to question number four, which is the first of our Patreon questions. This question comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Dave Baker. Dave has his own Patreon at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. On it, he posts a ton of awesome, awesome content that you guys should all go check out. And what Dave would like to know is which character from this film would have had the best online social media presence and on what platform? What do you got, Stace?
1: Oh, it's got to be the wizard. He's, he's got a massive illusion going and he's got no social media. So i imagine he would have an entire team of social media people working all of the channels.
0: He pretty much is social media if you think about it. He's projecting this whole image <laughs> yeah. of himself that isn't real.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's following him, aren't they? For what well, reason? That's a good point. Why is a wizard the leader of a city or a, a world?
2: What well, well unsayy? That was good. Cuz he's wonderful. Around? Um <laughs> <laughs> Get your head out of your ass, Stacey. <laughs> um, but yeah, my answer was also The Wizard, but not just because of this film in particular, but because of the way that The Wizard is portrayed in Gregory Maguire's Wicked books. I don't know if you've nice. seen the mu- seen the musical Wicked or mm-hmm. anything like yep. that. Yep. But basically, um, The Wizard is the villain, spoiler for that, who spins propaganda to make it so everyone is fooled into believing he is good, and everyone who opposes him is bad and it like wicked explores the whole nature of good versus evil and and perception playing a big role in that so i think yeah the wizard would definitely be the king of uh, social media and since it is negative and sort of like right-wing fascist sort of way um <laughs> then definitely facebook where the
0: oldies hang out so yeah. i can dig that uh i'll keep my answers short and sweet i reckon it's dorothy and tiktok
1: with all her dance moves. Yes, uh, like she... Oh. <laughs> Tin man, yes. TikTok. he has a heart f- clock. It literally ticks. <laughs> Even yes. better.
0: Oh, damn it. Yes. Well done, Brad, you're improving Let's on all my answers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That moves us over to question number five. What do you got, Stace?
1: Okay, what movie would totally check out this movie at a bar, take a run at it and get shot down in front of its mates? Brad, you're shaking your head. You can go first. So,
2: when I first read this question, the immediate thing that came into my mind was what piece of garbage wrote this? This is the wor- like the worst <laughs> qu- question I've encountered in 33 years of human life. What is? Yes! Like wow. What what is this question? I don't understand. But the more I thought about it over the fo- like the hours that followed while I was watching TV and folding laundry and things, in the back of my mind, I started to think about what kind of person would this movie be, would The Wizard of Oz be, and I thought, well, it's very sweet, it's very like saccharine and uh, almost and like childish and naive in a way. So maybe it would be this person who's going to a bar on like the first day that they turn of age to to be there, and and the, and they they don't know anything, they're very ignorant, they're very. I went mean, on a real journey with this question. <laughs> they, you have to, clearly. Uh, and they're at the bar and they're clearly out of place and they don't know what to order, they don't know how to behave in a bar. And I thought the kind of person who would see that and and like really want to take advantage of their naivete would just be like the scummiest, skeeziest person Ooh. and I thought, if it was a movie, it would be like human centipede or something. Just <laughs>
1: Oh, you had to bring that up. Couldn't we go one episode without bringing that up? It
0: always gets brought up every episode you're on. It's amazing. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you. I was trying to think of like just some really kind of idiotic sort of film. And that's why I went with 2011's Your Highness. Now, Your Highness is like a stoner comedy that stars Danny McBride. It's like uh, James Franco's in it. Nellie Portman, sadly, is in it. Nellie Portman, who I have a lot of respect for, is in it as well. You could just imagine it being like, because it's like a fantasy movie as well, you could kind of see it, kind of imagine it being like, oh, hey, here's another fantasy movie. Hey, here's going going. And then just getting horribly shut down just by Dorothy, just like, no. And then the end. Oh. What do you got?
1: <laughs> I went in a totally different direction, and I thought about it quite lightly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I actually thought, okay, what's a movie that's also young and fun? that may be attracted to another fun, colourful, bright movie. And it's one I watched recently and I really want to talk about, and I loved it. Sonic the Hedgehog. What the fuck? <laughs> Sonic, oh, I Sonic, literally, he runs. That's his thing, right? Yeah. He'd, he'd take a run at the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ.
2: <laughs> Gotta
0: go fast.
1: <laughs> he'd, he'd tear up that yellow brick road. It would be dust by the time they got there. And um, but anyway, he'd tear up
0: that yellow brick road. <laughs> Do you know what that sounds
1: like? <laughs> oh, rewind. Um, continue. It, no. Continue. Any- <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he'd get knocked back, right? Because um, Wizard of Oz would be like, "Hey, mate, you're way too modern and fast. We just want to skip along
0: here." Yeah. <laughs> I'm a mature woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no
0: okie dokie that moves us over to question number six which is a patreon question as well this question comes courtesy of the amazing woman that is emily higgins emily runs the tasteless podcast she's been on recently on the american psycho episode she's on an episode soon where it's girl on girl on girl action and they're doing Legally Blonde. Uh-huh. Thank God I'm not doing that, that was episode. Fun. Yep, sure. Yeah, so Taser's podcast is awesome. She compares two films, one that's universally beloved that she sort of thinks might be overrated and sort of goes to bat for another one that doesn't get the appreciation it deserves. But what would uh, Emily like to know there, Brad?
2: She asks, which side character would make for the best spin-off movie?
0: Uh, I am going to go with The Flying Monkeys. The reason why I want them to have a spin-off movie is I want to see some Flying Monkeys versus Planet of the Apes. I want to see some monkey on ape <laughs> action. I want to see just a war for a planet involving simians. I don't know why, but that just was the one that struck me.
1: You are a bit of a sci-fi horror thriller fan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's I'm... why I married you. <laughs> oh. Thanks. <laughs> okay, I'm going in a totally different direction with this. I'm not pitching a movie. Um, as a spin-off, but what's going to happen with the Scarecrow's newfound braininess and inquisitiveness about the universe, he's going to go on to a career narrating scientific documentaries about the universe, similar to Neil deGrasse Tyson in Cosmos. Scarecrow will be explaining the world of Oz in his new documentary series. The Emerald City was made. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to it than what we saw in that movie.
0: I, I will say that. So I've got answers <laughs> to that later. There's definitely something lurking underneath the belly of this beast. What about you, Brad?
2: I was thinking that the the, the Winkies, um, who are the guards, at the Wicked mm. Witch of the West's Castle, so the inhabitants of the Vincus region for... The the Oz geography nerds out there, holla <laughs> holla for a dollar. Um <laughs> Don't know what that means. Um because they surrendered and turncoated very quickly. As soon as the witch so they've been chasing Dorothy and her friends to the death. Then the second the witch is gone, they're like, Yay! <laughs> yeah. And which means that's been simmering for a while. They've wanted that to happen. Like so th- now that they've got this castle to themselves, I'm thinking frat boy comedy <laughs> of the of the, of the whole winky people, or like like led by the the la- the lead guard, turning that into like a party castle. Totally. And there's like subplots of like one's trying to get laid and one's like trying to find himself, sort of. And yeah, yeah. it's sort of like an American Pie meets
1: like weird castle winky pie. <laughs> But I, I That's like it an awesome answer. I haven't heard something so good for ages. Hey, Emily's gonna love that answer.
0: That is pretty good.
1: Emily, maybe you can tell us whose answer you like the most. She will.
0: <laughs> and that moves us over to our next question, which is also a patreon question. This question comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Dan Brennick. Dan is one half of the Netflix and Swill podcast, a podcast that reviews basically everything Netflix is related. Surprise, surprise and dan threw two questions at us one is a bit silly that we've used a couple of times this one's a bit more serious so he wants us to get a bit ponderous on this one and wants to know if we were the head of marketing at netflix and this was a netflix original that we were producing when would we have dropped our first trailer for this film
1: i think they're gonna you've got to play a long game with this version of the film so you want to start marketing six months out because at this point the book's been around 40 years there have been what four prior movies or musicals or different adaptations which were not critically or popularly received by yeah. anyone. So this is a new fancy fun cool version. So you need to you need to really get those images out there in people's heads. You need to go, "Oh yeah, I want to see this movie. It looks really cool and colorful and different and Technicolor for the first time." And really play on that angle.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just going to Agree completely with you. Yeah. Maybe 3 to 6 months, something like that. What yeah. about you, brad
2: Yeah, the best time to drop this trailer is uh the 40s. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what after the moon? Build- yeah, it came out in 1959, brad <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, but if it's going to if it's going to be a new Netflix release in 2020, you want you want you want to have um done it like uh
0: maths 70 80 years ago. Playing the long game, I like yeah. that. And what's question number eight? There, Stacey.
1: Oh, he's back! <laughs> question eight: How would you have incorporated Nicolas Cage into this film, Brad?
2: I, I have two answers. One sort of makes sense, um, and I, I imagine other people could have, could envision this. And the other one is completely out of left field. Um, so the the believable one is the cowardly lion. Oh, yeah. I see Nick Cage yep. as able to do that. But the other one is Glinda, the Good Witch of the
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, we always love a bit of um Nick Cage cross dressing.
2: Hell she... yeah. we do. In, have you seen Mom and Dad, the ca- yes. Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair movie? In Hell that kind yes. of way. Like that's 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 Cage at his batshit best. If he did that version of Cage as Glinda, that would just be a great way to book to bookend the adventure.
0: Oh, I'm down for that film.
1: Wow, I am not. I have never seen it. <laughs> yeah, you're not down for oh, any sorry. Nicolas Cage films. So.
0: No. <laughs> I don't know why you're saying that. I, I'm not going to lie, Lion was one of my first choices because he's just like the most over the top. And yet in small doses, you know, he's the one we spend the least amount of time with and that's probably the preferential amount of Nick Cage that you can handle in a film. Uh, the other one was, well, you mentioned him before, Brad, is the head guard that when they basically just give up and just like, oh my God, thank God, you freed us, you freed us. If if that was played by Nick Cage and it was followed by a line of "I've been that bloody woman's um, sex slave for the last ten years" <laughs> and I'm so happy to get out of this, you freed me from a lay, uh, from a life of sex servitude. I would have been like, ah, oh, this film is now a ten thousand man. This is amazing. <laughs> 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 I don't know where my
1: brain oh, goes sometimes. Trust you to go there.
0: Thank you, Stacey. What do you got, Stacey? What do you got in response to your favourite question?
1: Well, I think Nick Cage would make a great lead flying monkey thing. <laughs> don't you think?
0: Yes, that's Imagine the Imagine right him answer.
1: swooping in oh no thanks.
0: With, crawling around with the, Yeah, with S- any sorry? dialogue? Oh just his face.
1: <laughs> yeah no, he can't talk. Not in this movie. You just
0: want Nick Cage making monkey faces.
1: No, I don't want that. But uh, <laughs> But if he has to be in this movie, I think he'd do a good monkey face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> holy shit and that was over to question number nine what is it there brad
2: question number nine what quote from this film would be the worst to hear straight after you finish having coitus um mine was uh just from the song in ding dong the witch is dead where the Munchkins say wake up your sleepy head rub your eyes get out of bed <laughs> that's that good. is brilliant that's
0: good I thought we were going to all have the same one, which is pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> of course, that's the, my, mine is garbage. That is better.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't decide. I've got two that I can't decide between. Um, we'll, we'll do
0: all of them. Go. Okay,
1: so my people come and go so quickly here. And the other one that I have to mention is what would you do with a brain if you had one? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Excellent. And that moves us down to question number 10. It's an all-time favourite question that's making a comeback on this podcast. What flavour pizza is this movie?
1: Easy. It is supreme. Oh, God. It's because this movie is supreme and it's got everything on it.
0: I should have seen that coming. I should have seen that coming. What do you got, Brad? Cheese.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Just cheese. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty good. For me, this is like a frozen Hawaiian pizza that's been sitting in your mum's freezer since like they invented boxes, basically. You know, like it's very, very old. And then she pulls it out whenever she can't be fucked cooking and just throws it on to keep you entertained. Because I've got a feeling that that's what this pizza was. That that's what this film was for you, Stacy. What? Was growing up, was this like, whenever your mum was just like, oh, I can't be bothered with these kids, just chucked on this film and kept you entertained. <laughs>
1: No, your bells? no, 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 it was my nana. Oh, it was your nana, nana. there we go. Okay, that's, so it's your nana's
0: freezer. That's
1: where we, yeah, actually, you're right. And and it's got to be a microwave pizza, because when the microwave came out, nana was like, this is the best thing ever.
0: Well, there you go, microwave pizza. <laughs> and that leads us down to our personal questions, first of which this week is our wonderful guest, Brad. What do you got there, Brad?
2: What do you think would have happened if Glinda hadn't shown up in Munchkin Land when Dorothy did?
1: I think that without Glinda turning up, the Munchkins would have been quite surprised about the house falling down in Munchkin land. (laughs) It could be a common
0: occurrence for them. You don't know.
1: And they've got this giant, basically, that's turned up in their world of Dorothy and Toto. Not to mention Toto. He's small, but still. So I think they would have all ganged up on Dorothy and tied her down. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Where is this answer going? <laughs>
1: tied down the ground. This is, you know, you know, like, this is Gulliver's um, Travels. Exactly, like Gulliver's oh, right. Travels. Okay. Because they don't know who she is, what she's up to. She's a killer. Yes, they're excited that um, she's killed their enemy, but they don't know who she is. They, she could be worse than the Wicked Witch of the East.
0: That is true. They're a bit worried about whether she's a good witch or a bad witch. Yes. I see. For me, I thought the Wicked Witch of the West would have shown up and gone straight Buffalo Bill out of science of the Lambs on Dorothy. I reckon she would have chucked her down a well and then, you know, she'd been tortured on the regular and then Toto would have become Wicked Witch of the Wishes is precious, basically. <laughs> she's seen this woman, like, murder her sister. She's And she's wicked. She's going to get her revenge. She's evil.
1: Yeah. yeah, but she's got no power there. Look, like, I've
0: got problems, man. I need to talk to someone, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I don't know where my brain goes. That was my answer. Okay. <laughs> what do you got
2: next there, Brad? brad then has does toto still get put down by miss gulch
0: at the end oh this was a tough question brad because man this seriously got me thinking and if i hate <laughs> oh, no i did because it like because that was going to be one of my deep philosophical debates was was corrala deville based on miss gulch you know they're both sort of um singletons that like the idea of destroying animals so <laughs> yeah that was going to be yeah and then i looked it up and then I i, I couldn't find any correlation between the two and you we know, went on a weird tangent where I started looking at Cradle of Deville photos, but anyway, um, the <laughs> <laughs> black and white hair, something about it, anyway. Um, the answer I had was what? I, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, the answer I had was I reckon the tornado was real, right? Because you know, it was like an all dream, whatever. And we see her out the window on you know, on her dream, and she's like she's on her bike and then she yeah. gets turned into the witch. So, we, I reckon that was real. I reckon Dorothy was in the middle of a, like a fever dream or whatever, mm-hmm. had the tornado. She got like blown straight past your window as part of the tornado, and she just got like smashed into a thousand different pieces up that like dirt road. I, I need to talk to someone, man. I've told you this. <laughs> I've got problems, man.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> slow down, slow down. I don't understand. She did, like I reckon it was. I
0: reckon that's what happened to Miss Gold. She got just like destroyed. Like oh, so she got blown.
1: destroyed, so she couldn't destroy yeah, Toto. There's no way
0: she can destroy Toto. She got taken out <laughs> by their tornado. Well, I don't want their dog dying.
1: No, well, don't worry. I don't think he does um, because, in my reasoning is because by the end of the film, I think that Auntie Em and Uncle Henry finally get some balls and they stand up and for Dorothy and Toto and go, no, you're not taking him. He's ours. Yeah. Back off, Mrs Gulch.
0: I love how this is the first podcast we've done where you remember the characters' names.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's great, <laughs> I don't even have a cast list in front of me. It's the first time ever. <laughs>
0: So who's who's the main character in Mad Max? Um.
1: <laughs> Shut up.
0: <laughs> Nicolas Cage.
1: Yeah. No, no, he's not in it. <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> uh,
2: my third and final question is what are some major holidays they might have in Oz, excluding any post-witches celebrations that might arise in Dorothy's wake?
0: I reckon Lollipop Land has a national day with a... Similar to like, a, like a, a beer fest or something like that, where everybody gets together and they all try different lollipop flavours. And it's called the Great Lickathon. And it usually ends in a few injuries and diseases, but it's tradition. And who are we to stand in the way of tradition?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Great Lickathon.
0: Mm. The Great Lickathon. That
1: sounds like something that's pre-pandemic um, behaviour. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're talking about the good old days, <laughs> yes. back when I could go to the pub and drink a beer with my friend and hug him <laughs> at the end of the night and pretend he meant something to me. Yes, I remember those <laughs> and days. And you could
1: lick things other people had licked.
0: Yes, I've licked quite a few other people's <laughs> lollipops in my life. <laughs> what the
1: fuck? What are you talking about? I don't know. Welcome You're back to the podcast, it. Stacey Hurley. <laughs> you started it. Well, I just think that in the world of Oz, they're going to have some kind of all hail Wizard of Oz day. He's the, he's the man. He's the one that they're all worshipping him anyway. Surely they have multiple holidays just for that.
0: Do you reckon they'd call it Aussie day? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that seems like a world where they would have lots of holidays. Or like when do they actually go to work would be the question.
0: It's a good point because literally everyone that we encounter in this world is doing their job pretty damn poorly.
2: There are the people who take care of the um, Dorothy and her friends, like the, the, the beauty therapists and the yes. the people who, who who like buff the Tin Man and stuff like that. Doing their jobs, yes. yes. Um, yeah, they're the really in, ver- in a very. They work in a very strange workplace. Um, they've got people buffing <laughs> like um, uh, tin tin creatures. At the same time as, as a girl, a human girl is getting, like, a manicure and a pedicure. And there's also a scarecrow getting stuffed. Like, they're equipped to do that there. Um, like, so this is, like, agricultural work at this point. <laughs> it's and, a very and, diverse
0: and, it's, don't, Yeah,
1: Don't forget that they can also dye her eyes to match her gown. Yes. That sounds like a medical procedure.
0: It's a phenomenal, like, That's jolly old fun. <laughs> Like, could you imagine, like, I'm rolling into town. I was like, okay, I've got seven tin men with me that need to be buffed. I've got like a couple of scarecrows that need to be. Where where do I go? Well, we've got this one place that you go to where they do everything. Like, holy shit. Oh, and you can get your eyes change colour while you're there. Oh, fuck. Are you serious? What do you call that store? And
1: you can get your lion's mane kind of permed.
0: Yeah, exactly. Get a little bow in my lion's head.
1: (laughs) Anywho. Getting off track here,
0: yeah, getting off, totally getting off track. Uh, moves me over to my set of three questions. So these were actually two of my deep philosophical debates that I had uh, that arose in in me while watching this film. I had a million, as I mentioned at the start, but uh, I want to know from you guys: Would you rather eat the apple off a sentient tree or follow some weird dude on the side of the road into his caravan? Now, the reason why I bring this up is when Dorothy's in Oz, she basically comes across these trees that can talk can't walk but they're basically yeah, sentient and then earlier in the film when she runs away from home she basically comes across mr marvel who's just some weird dude on the side of the road and he's like come into my caravan she's like yeah sure fine why not
1: <laughs> definitely eat the apple is my answer really yeah that's easy i'm not going into that caravan <laughs> you know nah no way so apple for me thanks
0: you've had one too many caravans in your life haven't you
1: No, it's just the movie. What's happening in the movie? (laughs) I don't like it.
0: Fair enough. What about you, Brad?
2: Um, Well, so my first uh, thought when I read that question was uh, obviously the apple, um, because I didn't realise, because I'm I'm what uh, a layman would call dumb, that the what you say the weird dude on the side of the road in his caravan i didn't realize that was a reference to the, um uh mr marvel in the in the movie i thought that was just like an example of a thing <laughs> that you came up with <laughs> it's like would you rather eat an apple from a sentient tree or like get your dick out on a train it was, it was like,
1: <laughs> would you rather <laughs>
2: But now, now that I realize that that's referencing, you know, what Dorothy almost did is I would definitely do that one because in the the, the time period, they don't have like stranger danger awareness and things like that. Like it would have made a lot of sense if I was in Dorothy's shoes to have gone like, hey, you're a person I can trust because you're a performer and you have like this whole persona of like, I've traveled the world and I'm wise. I would be like, yeah, I'll. I'll go inside your
0: weird sex caravan. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, oh, yeah, he's a performer, all right. <laughs> oh, God. You guys. Like, I, I agree with you, Brad. It's, like, I don't want to eat some sentient being's apple. Oh, no, that being said, I eat eggs.
1: Yeah.
2: Hmm. That's yeah. basically a chicken apple.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> the apple of the chicken. <laughs>
1: Right, that's it. A chapel. You're going, you're going vegan. <laughs> Is that what you're saying?
0: No. God, no. Uh, and that moves me over to my next question. Arguably, these three are pretty shit at their jobs, but um hey, maybe they'll be good at this one. I want to know from you guys, Scarecrow, the Tin Man, or the Lion, which one of these three would you get to organise your hens or, sla- uh, or slag do? <laughs> wow. Slag do sounds even better. Let's roll with slag do. <laughs> yeah. Which one would you get to organise, your hens do or your stag do?
1: I would go with Um, the straw man, the scarecrow. (laughs) The straw man. Wow, how many times have you seen this movie, Stacey? Okay, the scarecrow. I would ask the scarecrow to organise my hens do because I just think he's a bit more onto it than the other ones. The tin man would have no clue how to have a good time. The lion would be hiding, cowering behind a bush, not wanting to talk to anyone or do anything. Whereas at least the scarecrow likes to get out there. He wants to get out of his paddock and do some stuff.
0: That's a good straw man argument there, Stacey. I that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll be waiting for podcasts to use that one. What about you,
2: Brad? Uh, well, definitely not the lion because he'll be going around uh, like, and like Stacey said, he'll either be just like afraid of everything or. He'll do the opposite and just go around threatening people, and that's not a good time for anyone. We all know that guy who, at the stag do, Trent. Um, Shout out! Um, but I, I would say the Tin Man, but mostly because of the actor. When you see when he does his "If I Only Had a Heart" song, he's very expressive in the way he sings and and dances and and with his face. This is a person who knows how to put the charm on. This is someone who is very much about like, I I'm gonna make sure that I have a good time and the people around me have a good positive time. Mm. I I just get a yeah an, an air of just joy from the the actor who plays mm. the Tin man.
1: Yep, definitely. And with that
0: and with that clock heart, he can definitely keep a beat and hit the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm surprised no one with the lion. Everyone wants to see some pussy on this stag, though.
1: Oh my god, Sam, I knew there was a reason Slank, why dude. you asked this question.
0: And that moves us down to my final question. Okay, we discover that the Wizard of Oz is kind of inept, It's the best way to describe it. Yeah, bit full of shit, completely doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And at the end, he basically flies off out of Oz in his balloon, trying to take Dorothy home. Toto sees a cat, and so they get out of their balloon. To be honest, I think that's probably the smartest decision they made in the entire <laughs> fucking film. But I want to know from you guys, how far do you guys reckon Oz got in his balloon? My initial, my initial answer was
2: just he got all the way back to Kansas because he's Mr. Marvel. But then I thought of like a, a jokey, silly answer of this is a leader who lied his way into power and is very good at uh, tricking people to do his bidding and using propaganda for that. So um, he made it all the way to Washington, D.C., where he became the 45th president of the United States of America.
0: <laughs> Shot just fired and correct. What have you got, Stacey?
1: I think he's still going. <laughs> he's still up there. He just took off. He does not know how to fly that balloon, man. He did not know what the hell was going on. It just took off without him even knowing. He doesn't know how to land that thing. <laughs> it, it's, he's just circling around the Earth, circumnavigating, going around and around. He's probably dead by now. It's probably a corpse or a skeleton in the balloon.
0: <laughs> just a skeleton in blue, just circling <laughs> yeah. around. And my my final journal entry. Worth it.
1: <laughs> you took yep. it
0: all the way to Paradise Falls.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, the correct answer was about four hundred meters outside of Emerald City. That's about as far as <laughs> I reckon he got <laughs> before True. shit went sideways and he crash landed. Yes. All right, Stacey's questions. What do you got this Stace?
1: Oh, yes. I've been dying to know these answers. Okay, so my first question is Dorothy Gale um, ends up getting blown away to another land. What fate would your name unfurl upon you?
0: Well, as a hurly, I guess my name sort of lends itself to being hurled. So I'm picking basically a giant would have come down because, like, I've got experience buying five magic beans of some strange woman in the street, okay? so. I know, I know a thing about. Okay. I know a thing about beanstalks and giants. So what I'm picking is a giant would have come down and just basically hurled me into another dimension. Well, that was my first answer, and then I sort of un, started unraveling. I was like, no, 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 be a bit more specific. And rather than a giant, I'm actually picturing a ginger princess. who realised that I spent all Saturday without doing any bloody chores today, and she's <laughs> going <laughs> to hurl me into another dimension.
2: Oh, Sam.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, well, my last name is Zimmerman, which is German for like builder. So I would probably fix everyone in Kansas's house after the twister. Oh. Just go around and be like, "Oh, you, your house got pretty torn up. Let me make it not so." Wow,
1: Cause... you'd be in business for a while.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very, very boring answer. <laughs> you'd basically be in business until you're in a Zimmer frame. <laughs>
2: All right, it's been fun, guys.
1: Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you tell us about your podcast, Brad?
1: <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on! Almost, almost there. We're so close, guys. Let me finish my other questions before you have a yeah. I saw anyway. that
0: low hanging fruit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good answers. My next question is: What the hell was the witch of the south doing this whole time? Where, yeah, where Brad. is she? In the south. <laughs> <laughs> what doing? Why isn't she... Is she? First of all, is she good or bad? Who is she related to and what's happening?
0: Look, I'm just going to say she's still salty that she's lost the Civil War, right? And while the South may rise again someday, she's probably biding her time at a NASCAR race or she's at a country musical festival or she's in out in a back garden shooting off her armory of guns. You know, that's what I am imagine she's doing. Just drinking some bourbon, saying y'all, you know, hey y'all. <laughs> <laughs> she's sitting this one out.
2: Well... Okay. I do declare. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> okay, and my final question is, well, well, there were some good special effects in this, and so what special effect is still pretty special today?
2: For me, it's, it, it depends on your definition of special, in terms of like high quality, like none of it, because it's, it can all be surpassed by today's um, CGI, but in terms of special for, for me, is I, I've always loved when the Tin Man does his his song and dance in the dark woods, and he does his tappity tap tappity tap tap poop poop, and you get the, the steam coming out of his his <laughs> yes. helmet. Just they they the way they were able to do that back then with the technology they had, it, it, it's phenomenal. It's yeah. fantastic, and it'll always. It'll always be special to me.
1: Yeah, and in that same dance sequence, I love how he sways from side to side. You know, like yeah. he should overbalance, but he doesn't, and it's so cool in his suit.
0: The the one I found fascinating was the fact that they got this horse that could change colors.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Like he's just
0: walking from scene to scene to scene. And admittedly, he also changes shape a couple of times. He sort of looks like a different horse. Do
1: you? But- Know the trivia? Is there a trivia about this horse? Well, or I can multiple imagine the, or the, the three or four different
0: horses that they painted probably died about two days later from
1: like lead poisoning, like lead poisoning
0: or whatever. But <laughs> I don't, I don't know the trivia behind. So that.
1: it was an actual coloured horse. You think it wasn't just coloured on the film? You know, like uh, no,
0: no, no, no. They definitely painted those horses. I reckon.
2: Yeah, I reckon Dorothy got them to dye it to match her gown. Exactly. <laughs>
1: they, they went go. to the brush br- and polish place or whatever <laughs> it was leads
0: us down to our final question now normally we throw uh, this question out there to you guys our listeners to answer for us but because this was a very special episode that was hobbled together way ahead of schedule um involving these two amazing people we basically just finished on one of our patreon questions this question comes courtesy of julio of the contrarians podcast an awesome podcast you guys should check out so they take a universally beloved film for instance this one and then basically go through the film and argue why everything in it sucks and then at the end, they do their contrarian's corner where they basically sort of give their real thoughts about the film. And what Julio would like to know is what is our most controversial opinion about this film, Stacey?
1: I think this is maybe more controversial now that I know some trivia that Sam brought up earlier. But um, I just think this is the best movie ever.
0: You'd stand by that?
1: Yep. And, and I think that's controversial because of all the health and safety issues you raised earlier about the production mm. of the film. But even still... I don't I don't really care. I mean I care about those people. That's really sad. But it doesn't change my opinion that the end result is awesome.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah, cool. What
2: about you, Brad? Uh Dorothy's the villain. Ooh <laughs> <laughs> Like it like I said earlier, like she comes into this world and she has this selfish quest to get home and she turns the entire world on its head to do so. Lots of people die if you consider Like, anyone who got, like, attacked by monkeys and stuff when the witch came along was, like, surrender Dorothy. Like, there were casualties in this film because of this girl who just wanted to get home. Like, she is the inciting incident to this
0: world being ruined.
1: (laughs) Yep, that's controversial. Can I just
0: add to that (laughs) with my controversial opinion?
1: Oh, please do.
0: Not only is Dorothy evil in the villain of the story, Glinda is straight up evil, right? At no point has she taken it upon herself to drop her own house on any of these wicked witches. And when the wicked witch like shows up and starts threatening Dorothy, she's just like, yellow, whatever. I mean <laughs> she doesn't even care. And then Dorothy's like, Help, I'm a like a, a strange person in a strange land. I don't know what's going on here. You'll sort it out. See ya. Bye. <laughs> it just cruises. Yeah. And that's the end of despair. She just like disappears. Just leaves Dorothy to it. Then, like, later on, like, she even lets Dorothy get attacked multiple, multiple times by the Wicked Witch of the West. Then, like, later on at the end, she gives this whole spiel. Oh, I wanted you to learn it on your own. Yeah, like, shit you did. That's a convenient excuse, lady. It's just some bullshit because, you know, the truth was that Glinda basically got this girl and indoctrinated her to kill the Wicked Witch of the West.
2: Yeah, and Sam, you've just made me realize something. I've seen this movie so many times and I never thought about this once ever until something you just said is dorothy's house at the end is intact when she wakes up and she's like i had a dream and you were there and you were there her house is intact so if oz happened if any of that actually happened then the house that got destroyed by landing is not her house which means glinda made a house (laughs) as like a false flag (laughs) (laughs) She, she killed the wicked witch of the east put this broken ass house there for dorothy to come out of and be like oh my house did this and glinda's like yeah Wink, your house did this. (laughs) Hey, everyone, this girl's house did this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually,
1: that's the only reason for Glinda to even turn up. Because otherwise, why does she bother?
0: Exactly. She shows up she's had one of her rivals like eliminated so she's pretty stoked she like she knows the wicked witch of the west hates dorothy so she's put her forward as a pawn and then puts the like slippers on her so that the wicked witch can't kill her like either she's intentionally going out of her way to get dorothy to kill the witch which is just pure evil or it's just a happy accident and she's just bloody useless at her job because she's not helping this girl at all this girl doesn't know anything about where she is or what she's doing and she's just like oh go on mate have a good time see ya and she's like, what am I supposed to do? I don't fucking know. Goodbye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, wow. good point.
0: Oh, I've been sitting on that all podcast. Oh, just, I'm so much more relieved now.
2: And also notice how she didn't tell Dorothy how to use the slippers to get home until after the, the wizard himself had left as well. Yes. So she had eliminated all threats, she, wizard included. She, yeah. <laughs> He's gone and she's like, okay, Dorothy, now you can leave. <laughs> No, one there's no secret. I'm the to this.
0: one powerful person left. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I am now omnipotent.
1: Maybe we're all hungering for the linda spin off movie. Do you think mm. it's like some kind of dictator led world?
0: Oh, probably, yeah. It'd probably be some post apocalyptic <laughs> shit where she's like the leader of whatever's left and they all just all do her bidding.
1: It's getting darker and darker. I think we need to end Rather this Rather than V for Vendetta
0: would be D for Dorothy. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs>
1: I've actually also got something else I want to raise, and this is probably a good time, is that from um, a story perspective, I like the concept that, you know, Dorothy had this in her all along and that she had, has the power over her own destiny, right? That's, that's the idea of mm. this, that she can go home when she wants to. But then I think it goes too far, and it may be of, of that time in the 30s, where she was like, I was looking for something better and I was looking outside my home where maybe I should have just looked, everything I need is inside my own home, my own property. I should never go anywhere or do anything ever, basically. I'm like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I think that's over the top. <laughs> it is. Like, I, I think you've, you, you're you right. You've got the power of your own destiny, but you're still allowed to leave the property. <laughs>
0: It's almost like some hands made towel type of yes. shit. Hey, it's like, no, 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 you stay in your lane, lady. You yeah. stay in your house with your dog. That's your life, okay? Yeah. You stay there. That's yeah. all you really want to do. You don't want to see the world. You want to stay where you are.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: We've just pulled apart Wizard of Oz. But we still love this movie, right? Still, so you guys, still oh, 10,000? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah. No, I mean, oh, 9,999 maybe. Um,
1: <laughs> Whoa, we knocked one point off. I've made a point. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, ruining movies. So if, we do
2: the, if we do this a bunch more times. Yeah, really strip it down.
0: <laughs> Anywho, that takes us down to the end. Uh, Got to do the big thank you, which is Brad. Thank you, Brad, for joining us on a Saturday night and partying in these unprecedented times
2: bubble party bro this is this is more than i would have been
0: doing otherwise <laughs> yeah. Ditto. shit as it ever. now brad obviously we sung your praises on the law of the rings episode but sing your praises even more about fate of Ison and how awesome awesome your podcast is
2: oh mercy um uh the fate of bison is a podcast that exists and i am involved with it um, <laughs> i'm really bad at at like shouting things out and, and doing promos and stuff but it's it's D, it's a homebrew world that i made up and that the players sort of breathe life into i try and keep things grounded and sort of semi-realistic in, in a fantasy setting and then they just turn everything into batshit crazy and it's the perfect balance where i try and make things happen and then they make different things happen <laughs> um it's yeah Found on all the socials and all the podcast apps, Fate of Ison, and we also have a family friendly spin-off called The Gigantic Adventures of Jeff and Simon, which is about a mouse and a pigeon who get trapped in a different world, kinda like Dorothy. Oh. And they need to find a way home. Kinda like Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Uh anywho, that takes us down to the end. And uh if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at movie Reviews and we're our most prolific. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash movie Qs. And email at mritqs at gmail.com. Upcoming episode from this will be the Legally Blonde episode, which I mentioned before, which is Stacey, Liz, and Emily Higgins. Emily actually hosting the podcast for the second time in our podcast history. I've let someone, uh, I don't know, third time, third or fourth time, had a couple of people that have hosted it, but this is the first time we've let another podcast host our podcast. So
1: that should be exciting. Yes, and she does a fabulous job, as you will soon find out.
0: Excellent. Cool. Uh, And yeah, that's it. Thanks for me. Thanks. Hello.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies
2: and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream
1: for the cure. And this year we need your help more than ever.
0: Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world.
2: We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's
1: event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference.